0: Sometimes a shift to me seems small, somewhat insignificant in the moment. And yet when I look back, I realize the impact of that shift was exponential.
1: I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Welcome to Humanly Possible, a podcast focused on small shifts that can make epic differences in our lives and at work. And now I get to introduce my very dear uh, friend and guest, who's someone I admire and honored so honored to have on the show, Hendrik Kutzia. He works with executive leaders and coaches. He's an author, a speaker, a father, and like I said before, a dear friend. I've spent so much wonderful quality time with him. I can't speak highly enough about this wonderful human being. Uh, He creates frameworks with his coaching clients that can find, design, and chart the way forward. But that's not it. He's also provided transformational work in over 50 countries and has guest lectured at a number of universities, including Harvard uh, University and at the Harvard Faculty Club. Uh, Henry's experience varies from working as a facilitator for integration between black and white youth in post, uh, I I won't even pretend to say this, Arpethed, South Africa, Of said. Yes, what he said. South Africa to negotiating mergers for large financial institutions and developing performance training modules for traders on New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ. He's facilitated all kinds of processes for all kinds of companies and leaders. And he is currently embarking on helping coaches build better transformation. Hendry, did I get all that right? Did I miss anything?
0: No. No, I think we got it all, right? I'm a busy guy every now and then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, well, let's jump right in. You have created so many different shifts in your life. I'd love for everyone to just know about who you are and what was a shift that stands out in your life that really created, whether it was small, medium, or large, that created something quite extraordinary. Maybe you didn't know it at the time.
0: You no, know, I, it's, it's interesting when I, when I got the invitation, Brian, thank you firstly to, to be able to be here. Um, all the great things you said about me, I can say about you. Um, I'll just say this about you because not, I'm, I don't know that everybody gets the opportunity to say this, but you have incredible courage and your tenacity and resilience is uh, inspiration to me. So I'm thankful to get to walk a little bit of life with you, um, every now and then. So thank you for that. You know, sometimes a shift to me seems small or somewhat insignificant in the moment, and yet when I look back, I realize the impact of that shift uh, was exponential. Right? and uh, I, I would say one of the, the things in in my life is you know starting to set some boundaries. Um, I was raised an infinitely nice guy. Right. I mean, if you take a look at the integration between black and white youth, the mediation type of work that I did, my job was always to bring calm, make everything okay, um, and I think part of what I did in in many parts of my life, even up until now, is uh, avoid difficulty by making everything okay. Now, in certain instances, that's fantastic, and that's exactly what's needed but sometimes just for me personally i didn't always set the boundary or stand for what's important to me and and i think uh, i am and i have over times realized to start being more deliberate and clear about boundaries you know uh you know i train people in negotiation and it's in, in mediation all these things and it's interesting that you'll hear the people say or oh, the doctor's kids are sick, or the dentist's kids' teeth are not well. And well, you know, it's interesting. As a coach, I can often help other folks, but I don't have the objectivity on myself. And so, you know, I'm really great at helping other people set boundaries, not that great at setting the same boundaries for myself. And I think it's been over time that I've learned to be more assertive around pricing, that I do, do around the type of contracts that I would uh, engage around some of the relationships that I would um, allow in my life. And so really just the act of setting a boundary and realizing that the boundary doesn't change other people's behavior. It changes mine. Like I'm the one who needs to step up and hold my ground. And so I would say, you know, the boundary setting for me has been an incremental shift, but it is having an exponential effect. And as easy as I try to make it for clients, I realize it's a mountain for me to climb sometimes to set some of those boundaries.
1: You have this ability to bring calm to the room. I know this. We worked together in in projects before, one being IBM, where you orchestrated this wonderful day and you brought calm to the room. I also know, because I know you well enough, that you have been in the room negotiating in south africa with a gun in your face Uh, i believe you were working somewhere or somewhere within uh nelson mandela's uh work that he was trying to do to bring peace to south africa how do you break how do you bring calm to a room when a gun is in your face (laughs)
0: that's a that's a fascinating question um the gun wasn't in my face per se. The gun was, was close to my face, right? They they weren't pointing the gun at me. Uh, the, but there were certainly a lot of guns out and weapons in the room. I, I was working as a facilitator with uh, a number of other folks in, uh, post apartheid South Africa doing this integration work. And we would do meetings trying to bring political leaders together. Discover, design what the future could look like. And obviously there's a lot of different interests at the table. You know, obviously when you walk into a room where there's danger in any scenario, the idea is to, um, de-signify the, the energy in the room and put it somewhere else. Um, I don't know if you've ever tried to do this with a, with somebody who's not calm or with a kid or something and say, Hey, calm down it has the opposite effect and so one of the things that we we realized or i've been trained in is to not resist people's resistance right but rather match the energy in the room or match the energy uh in in someone meaning i will notice how they're breathing i will notice you know perhaps the the uh the heartbeat that they have you can see it you know kind of on their neck or the pulse that's going on, see if their eyes are dilated or dilated and all of those things. And you, you try to match pace lead, right? That's kind of the, the framework, match pace lead. The, the simple, the most simple way to do this, Brian, is to, uh, what I call objectify the conversation. And I'm, what you're doing is you're neutralizing the energy or putting the energy in a neutral spot. So, for instance, imagine in your, for yourself, if you walk into a room, there's high energy, there's high drama, or there's high intensity. Rather than trying to bring, inflect the energy onto me or the other person may want to put, project it. What are you going to do? How are you, you know, what, what's your solution for the scenario? Rather than trying to project the energy back to them or in, in, uh, in draw the energy into me, I'm going to push the energy to a neutral spot that's outside of both of us. And so, uh, you know, literally imagine in your mind of walking into a room, there's a lot of intensity, and I pick a spot somewhere in the room that has a neutral experience. There's no painting or anything like that. And I choose that spot as the, the energy area. And I will ask the the person that I'm talking to and, uh, you know, I will point my hand to the spot and I will say, so to tell me what's happening here in this room. And what I've done is I've put the locus of control into a neutral spot. And both the the other person or the other party and myself are now looking at a neutral spot together to explore the issue. The idea is to divert the energy from between us to an external locus of control and we can both look at it. I think most of us when we go into a difficult scenario, we personalize it, we feel that the person is attacking us and or we feel we need to absorb the energy or somehow manage the energy between us. And really the idea in dealing with a difficult situation like that is to find a spot outside of both of us to objectify the energy and then create a sense of partnership, right? The match, pace, lead, a partnership to be able to address the issue together. It's so that way I could be soft on the people and hard on the issue. And so, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes when somebody is blaming me or accusing me or something like that. And that's the work. That's the real work is to not personalize other people's energy and to neutralize the energy and objectify it, and uh, hold myself, too, also in a neutral space so that we could take a look at it and not uh, as much look at the person or, or the energy that they're projecting towards.
1: We could do a whole episode just on energy. There's so so much to unpack there. It's, uh, it's powerful. Uh, and I would love to also make sure that everyone gets a chance to hear about a shift, a specific shift in your life, something that, again, may have been small at the time, but it ended up becoming a much bigger shift, and how did you approach that?
0: Well, I'll share about a shift I'm going through right now. You know, I five months ago, before this whole pandemic hit, uh, I would tell you I was probably in one of the top of my career, right? I'm doing a lot of work with uh, really fun companies, right? Working with Cirque du Soleil and the Opry and Ryman Theaters and, and a lot of live entertainment. And for somebody who lives in LA, working in the entertainment world, you know, it's a it's a fun gig, right? And so, um, you know, I got to work in, I work in technology. I work in, you know, a number of other industries as well. But getting to work in the entertainment industry it's probably some of the coolest things that you ever get to do. And I've ever gotten to do. The challenge is that those industries are really hard hit, right? Um, it's a very, very difficult situation. And one of the ways that I really prided in how I did my work is I would travel and I would be in the room with folks and creating that experience that, that very personal, you know, Framework to people. A lot of coaches they have an office. People would come to them, and I like the idea of and the novelty. I would say of going to people, visiting them, really understanding their context, being a student of the environment that they that they live in and work in, and and you know being present in their office. Um, and I like to travel. Right, it's one of the things that I that I prefer to do. So now it's changed. Everything is shifted. Some of those clients have gone away because their businesses are shut down for a while. Some of it is because I don't get to travel. I haven't been on a plane since March 23rd, I believe, and uh, which is the longest in 20 years that I've not been on a plane. And um, so it's, it feels, you know, weirdly good by now. So I have to shift my business. I mean... The very premise on which I would build personalization is shifting. And, you know, I think I, I shared a little bit with you before, but for the last, for the first four months of the last five months, I have been essentially standing, holding space for clients, managing them through very difficult transitions, managing those conversations. And about a month ago, I realized, and I got some low grade depression. I need to take care of me too, right? The back in the days when we used to fly and you say, put the mask on yourself first, I recognize I need some of that. And I also need to have and continue to do the surrender to the work. The world's not going to look the way it was going to look before or did before. Um, it's not that we're going to create a new normal, right? This is, this is the end of an era for me and This allows me to kind of adopt a space of, well, what is new? And if it's going to be new, what do I want to create? And so I'm thankful for the clients that I have and the work that I get to do that remains. I've been able to do a lot of things online. But I'm also shifting from you know, only doing the work with executives and clients to hearing from a lot of other coaches that they're having the same struggle. What do we do? And so I am, you know, I'm working to put together uh, or I have put together but I'm working together, put this lab together for coaches who are really advanced and have done this work, are, um, you know, experienced corporate executive coaches and saying, what do we create together and what can we learn from each other? Not that we're going to do business together, but that we can learn from one another. And so, cause I, I realize I'm not the only one in this boat, right? We're, there's a number of us going through this. And so creating that lab experience. But I would say the first shift for me was to surrender to the fact that it's not going to come back. And then two, I'm now in the process of creating and designing a way forward. And, you know, there's anxiety with that because I think sometimes I feel like, man, I'm behind the eight ball and how much SEO and social media marketing should I do and everything like that. And then Surrendering to that too and realizing that's not everything. Marketing is crucial, but it's not, you know, it's, there's no silver bullet and this is how you do it and throw a bunch of money at it and it's going to work. Um, you need experts and partners and folks like yourself who know what they're doing that could, could advise. So I think there's a lot of letting go and also navigating the unknown, right? I mean, it's so funny, Brian. I have done this for so many clients, right? I mean, it's kind of the my mantra, right? I help people navigate uncharted territory, and yet here I am doing the same for myself. And it's a man, it's a it's a weird, uncanny scenario that I gotta eat my drink my own medicine for a bit.
1: I always say, uh, drink our own champagne.
0: Well, uh, I take that. That's even
1: better. <laughs> Oh man, uh you know, I love um y- the one thing that really speaks out about you is that we are I know this is going to sound uh, uh very close to home. You're very human about the way you show yourself in the world and uh and look for you know, the imperfectly perfect moments and create from that. I've seen you in a room uh, with, with, you know, with IBM when the two of us were, all of us were there and you created from the conversation. And I'd love for everyone to hear how you do that. How do you create from a conversation in the middle of you know, a room with uh, 30 high, impressive influencers from around the world, and you were masterful at at uh, at maneuvering through uh, the different parts of a day that people were making and building, for those who are listening, a plan on how the future of work would look. And we didn't have the answer. We just knew that we needed to get to a place where everybody could present what their thoughts, ideas, and feelings were. Sure. How do you maneuver through that? There's a couple of
0: fundamental principles that I believe in that regard, uh, Ryan. And the first one being that my job is to be a student, right? And to be a listener of the folks in that environment, right? That my work is to create space or hold space for other people's conversation to uh, to be revealed, right? And part of my job is to, Create a framework in which people can externalize their internal conversation. I'm not there to um, tell them what I know. My job is to draw from them what they know and reveal that back to them, right? So draw it out of them and reveal it back to them. And And so I have a fundamental belief that the transformation is in the person that I'm talking to. And the transformation is in the audience or the coaching is in the people. I always, you when know, I'm training coaches, I'm like, listen, the coaching is not in your model. It is not in your tool set and it's not in your intelligence and it's not in your own experience. The coaching is always in the people. The transformation is locked up inside of the person that you're talking to or the room that you're talking to. So when I'm, when I'm thinking about that, I'm not thinking about what am I going to say or how am I going to manage the room with a certain tool or a exercise? My job is to unlock the room and facilitate the conversation. The second thing that my job is once I've been able to unlock the room or been able to open up the conversation, there's an, you know, an acknowledgement of people's contribution and affirmation of the courage it takes to contri- contribute and A validation of what they said. And so, you know, one of the ways I do that is I I would write it down on a whiteboard or I'd write it down on a flip chart. And then my job, once we've unlocked somebody is to create distinction. And I think that's, that's one of the greatest tools a facilitator or a coach can do is to utilize the room or the, the audience or the client. To make distinctions, like you said this, what else is also true? Or what's another way of looking at this? Or what are other options? And by making distinctions, you open up the room to start seeing options, right? And the beauty of options is super empowering to a room. Because often in an audience, you get one person who's trying to sell everybody on their idea. And so my job is then to validate that idea or recognize the idea and then open up the rest of the room to see other options. And by making these distinctions, we create options and when you have options, people have choices. And when they can make a choice, they are empowered. And then my job is to facilitate that empowerment uh, by pushing responsibility back to the audience to make their own decisions and their own conclusions. And so, yes, I'm managing the room, but I'm not coming up with the brightest idea. I'm not there to be the um, the guru or the guy trying to sell them on the five-step program or anything like that. My job is to draw from the room, um, validate the contribution, make distinctions, show some choice uh, choices as a result of that, or options that then lead to choices, and then people feel empowered because they've been heard, they see different opportunities and then they can make a choice. Yeah,
1: There's so, uh, I, I, I love, I love that, that it's, it's the idea of moving everybody in a direction. And, and it, it's kind of like, um, I was imagining as you were talking, like a, the ocean, like you can't control how hard the ocean hits. Um, but if you move with it, uh, you, you won't be as impacted and, and, it was just so uh, so beautifully put about how you move within all that and and just work with what's there and keep that going. And so, thank you so much. Thank you. I I, I know we, you and I, we could spend all kinds of time talking about uh, different things. And and maybe you know at some point we can have you back on the show. Uh, is there any
0: any where where do people reach you? Thank you so much for for that. It takes for the time. It's been great. It's always great talking to you. Um, um, you could take a look at my LinkedIn, um, and Henry D Coutzere C O E T Z E E is the easiest. You could take a look at my uh, Instagram uh, at Hendry Coutzere, and um, and then you know the AdvancedCoaching dot com website is probably the best to reach uh, the corporate world. So that would be uh, AdvancedCoaching dot
1: Wonderful. We'll link to all that in the show notes uh, and have everything ready. So thank you again. Really appreciate you being on the show and always wonderful watching you and in your growth and and in your shifts thank you so much for joining us this week if you love this episode please subscribe we love having subscribers just like you download a few more episodes and if you feel moved we would so appreciate a review I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time.